Blog Talk Radio. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. Everybody doing tonight? Absolutely beautiful, beautiful night here in Leesburg, Florida. I hope wherever you're listening, it is just as nice. Wow, ah, we are at fall. We are at fall, and that means some good times ahead. Some great things in sports. We wrapping up baseball. Football started. We're ramping up hockey. Getting ready, basketball trade today. We're gonna to get we're gonna lead off the show with that. What happened there? Just a great, great time in sports. But uh if you haven't been paying attention, the title says it all. Fantasy football, and we're rolling. Let's see what we've got for the write-up here. This should be good. I love this every week. I'm starting to really like this part uh going over this almost as much as my little rant. We'll get to the rant in a second. Those of you who aren't familiar with the show, welcome. Brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com, Blog Talk Radio, and the crystal clear sound that it brings you tonight. Week three games on tap, and dare we say, Jester is hot right now. Dare we say... You know, listen, it was great the other night. If you listen to the Gridiron guys, our Thursday show, football show, uh, it was nice to hear JT actually giving some kudos. He hates to do it, but you know what? It's really nice because there are places where Jester's finally getting some really good props. And uh, as always, we've picked up another hater, but hey, that's all good. What's it all about? Listen. Here's what it's about. We are on a roll, whether it's myself, JT, or Tate. We just happen to be on a great roll. If you're following us, uh, say, since the baseball season, you know I'm hitting it left and right, literally. Uh, I, I pardon the pun. And uh, now we're coming into the football season, and it's been fantastic. Let's see. What does it say? Some said Basketball was a fluke. I did have a good basketball year. Some say baseball is a fluke. I'm I, I'm having a good baseball year. Some are saying the first two weeks were a fluke. 
When isn't a fluke anymore? That You know what? That's great. Thank you for sticking up for me, finally, you guys. Usually they're making fun of me at the beginning. If you're new to the show here, when isn't it a fluke anymore? That's not what I've been saying. Thank you. I love you guys made up for last week. You guys made up for last week. Anyway, what's the latest uh, one on fantasy? Uh, fantasy hockey. What do we have going here? Getting it ready. And, uh, of course, JT. You know, JT has been <laughs> – JT's been JT lately, folks. And, if you, again, if you're new to the show, he is uh, going to be on Fez437, F-E-Z 437 on Twitter and uh, on Facebook, Jason Townsend. You'll be able to go ahead, ask him all kinds of questions, and he has been on fire as well lately. Uh, it has been fun times. We start the show first with my rant, and my rant changed. I got to be honest with you. I had a late change in my rant. My rant was going to be about the players having to adjust to going and playing in England and the game time difference and the start time difference and what it means. Listen, give me a, give me a couple of days and my fat ass is ready for a hurricane coming, let alone to go play ball. Shut up. You're supposed to be a well-trained athlete. At your age, you could have gotten me up at 2 a.m. Let's go. Let's play. Stop it. All right, with that whole time change. That was my rant. My new rant is this whole thing with Goodell and, and, and the president and this and that. And, oh, my Lord, what a mess. Listen, guys, um, you know, I don't care what side of the coin you're on. This is just ridiculous now. This is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and, and it's funny because the protest is supposed to be about freedom of speech and okay, I understand, I respect that. That's one of the things that it's about. And I, of course, I respect that. I have, I, I've said Colin Kaepernick had every right, JT, whether I like it or not, he has every right to do that, okay? Uh, freedom of speech. But then when the President of the United States has his own freedom of speech, you can't claim unfair. And that's not right. You can't, you can't say that. You can't say, well, that's wrong. He can't have his own opinion. Whether you think it's right or wrong. Listen, whatever side of the coin you're on, okay, I don't give it. I, listen, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. And this isn't a political show, okay? But one thing, he's not a statesman. Just ignore half of the crap he does and, and, and says – because you know what? He, he, he shows himself. Same as anybody on any other side does, okay? Stay out of sports. He's telling them to stay out of the, po the politics and all that, and he should stay out of sports. You're the president of the United States. Shut up. Go lead the country. Stop worrying about sports. Get out of my damn sports. Beat your old ass. Uh, anyway, that's my rant, and you see why. I, I don't want politics in my sports as much as it's there to stay. And you know what? At this point, I hope, I hope everybody kneels. You know what? 
I'm going to kneel watching the games this week, okay, if that helps uh, everybody. Kneel as you watch the games. And then can we move on, please? Can we do something about talking about football? And speaking about talking about football, let's get into it. I want to get basketball in there first. I want to talk to – I've been waiting. I haven't had the opportunity since the production meeting earlier today to talk to JT. And this mellow trade to uh, OKC, I want to find out. I want to find out. So let's get him in here. JT, the one and only to you coming live from Texas tonight. Jason, how are you, man? How's everything going? You ready for tonight? Oh, absolutely. Ready to go, Jester. Uh, a few things to add, though. Got to go back to Thursday night. Did not mm. see a 41-39 to 39 score in that at all. Absolutely did not see that coming. But uh, and in, in what you're talking about now with the whole kneeling, you know what, people, if we stop talking about it and stop paying attention to it, it'll go away. Just who cares? Just don't even pay attention to it. If some jackass wants to kneel for the anthem, let him. Who gives a shit? Enjoy the game. But you're talking <laughs> basketball, and we're and you're talking basketball. And at yeah. this point, uh, yeah, I could rant on basketball. Just another proof positive reason that the NBA is by far the worst of the four major sports at this point, thanks to current leadership and Adam Silver, who's done nothing to get control of these super teams that are being created. And this trade today, are you kidding me? I mean, not that Carmelo Anthony is what he was five, six, seven years ago, but for Oklahoma City to get him for Enos Cantor, who's an offensive center only, he's a liability on defense. You have to take him out of the lineup during the playoffs because the guy plays zero defense. Mm -hmm. Doug McDermott, who who basically is nothing other than a shooter, he can't play defense to save life either. He can't play defense either, right. In a second-round pick. This is what they get Carmelo Anthony for. Enos Cantor, Doug McDermott, and a second-round pick. The NBA is a farce. The NBA is a joke. It's about six teams, three in one conference, three in the other, maybe even four in the West, two in the East. So why don't we just dissolve the rest of the league? Just just play with six teams, and we'll see what happens. It really I, – I've mentioned it last year, and everybody thought, you know, I'm just talking, but I, I think it would be good for the sport if you contracted – Three, four, I go, not two, I go four teams. You get much better games. You get less, a lot better competition if you brought some of that talent back mm-hmm. and, and really well, just, it's terrible. It sure. really is. It is. And, and I can't blame Thunder GM Sam Presti. I can't blame this guy. If this deal was offered to me, absolutely you take this deal. You know, you put Carmelo Anthony with uh, Paul George, uh, Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook. Uh, you know, uh, Stephen Adams, you know, some of these guys that you have now, which helps slide a few guys onto the bench, makes their bench a little bit stronger. Uh, but uh, Andre Robertson being one I like coming off the bench. But I just – I don't understand how some of these trades uh, – you know, where did the New York Knicks think, other than addition by subtraction, getting rid of the big mouth from Syracuse and Carmelo Anthony? That's the only bright side of this for a once-proud franchise that – uh, Mr. Dolan has absolutely trashed. <laughs> I mean, nobody, no other way I, I, nobody says anything. That, I don't understand how New York really is just not beyond, you know, I mean, they're, 
I'm from up there originally, folks. I know. It's not an easy place. Ask Eli this week. Ask the Giants this week. Ask, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just not an easy place. And uh, they continue to survive somehow. One of the questions I want to ask you, though, is what do you believe – does this – do anything to the balance of power in the uh, in the West now? Well, I mean, when you look at the Western Conference, uh, before the trade, uh, I, my top four teams were Golden State, then Houston, San Antonio, mm-hmm. Oklahoma City. I had Oklahoma City as about a 51-52 win team. Um, right. I think the Carmelo Anthony trade bumps them to maybe a 56-57 win team. Yeah, I think it's good for four or five games uh, throughout the season. Maybe put them above San Antonio, but I still have Golden State as the cream of the crop, a 68-69 win team this year, Uh, and Houston being around 58-59 wins uh, with the Harden and Chris Paul backcourt that they sport. So uh, I think this bumps Oklahoma City up to about a third seed for the season in the Western Conference. And, you know, it's funny you say that. I have uh, actually Golden State at 67. Okay. So uh, I think that they realize that they only have to do so much to take first, and, and that's exactly what they do, just enough, and, and worry about just turning it on in the playoffs. So you got to remember one thing. Now they, they, they're getting used to this. They're battle-tested, stayed together now uh, after last year, keeping everybody, and just really it's going to be – it's going to be interesting to see – what it takes. Do they dissolve? Do they get old? Or does another team come along that's better? It's going to be interesting to see what eventually knocks them off. The the interesting thing for me is I want to know Mm. how there's going to be enough basketballs. Are they going to play with more than one ball this season to have Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook on the floor at the same time? So is there going to be allowed to have one, maybe two, even a third basketball in play? Because uh, there's going to be some bickering over numbers as the season goes. You know what? I think when you're currently – I think – no, you know what? I'm willing to bet Melo, first of all, will just be happy to be out of the mess that's New York. Even though he loves being there in New York – He'll be happy to be out of that mess to the point that he knows where he is in his career. And will I, I, th- I don't see him giving Westbrook uh, one ounce of any problem with how much Westbrook wants to do whatever Westbrook wants to do because of the kids earning it now currently. It's not what he did in the past. It's what he's doing now. Mello, it's more of what he's done in the past. So, I think you see an older Mello, a, half, a more content Mello that is out of there, and probably a, a guy that is ready to understand what his role is on a team that with younger talent. And probably right. for the first time in his career is he ready for this. It took the ass beating that playing the, for the New York Knicks does to you to do it, to make Mello Mello. <laughs> well, I mean – but he's going to find out something, too. This is his fourth foray into the Western Conference um, right. as a member of the Western Conference. He's going to find out it's a completely different game uh, well, than it was what he's used to in the Eastern Conference. 
Uh, I mean, I played in Denver way back when, uh, but, you know, things are a little different now than, than when he played way back, uh, you know, back then. And I look at this and I think, yeah, okay, yes, they've only been Brooklyn for, you know, a few years now, but, you know, you listen to people talk about New York City basketball, Madison Square Garden being the mecca of basketball, and I look at the Brooklyn slash New Jersey Nets at about a 26-win team this year, and I think the Knicks come in right around the same 25-26 wins. So the mecca of basketball has two teams that probably won't eclipse 30 wins, period. The Golden State Warriors will win more games than the Nets and Knicks combined. Wow, that's terrible. How do you like – let me ask you something. What are you thinking of uh... – I think it's one of uh, one of this city's first real hopes of something actually really building uh, for sports besides Philly, uh, the Eagles. Eagles are coming. What do you think of the 76ers? Are you excited for this team? Are you excited to see what this grows into now? It's, it's going to be – it's more being uh, – forgive the term, but it's more uh, can't take my eyes off the train wreck that I think the Sixers uh, will be. Uh, we don't know how Simmons' foot and Simmons is going to react to this lineup. Uh, again, uh, Fultz, real good kid, uh, great basketball player, wasn't worthy of the overall, overall number one pick, in my opinion. You've got a diva like Jaleel Okafor who doesn't know his ass from his elbow half the time. Uh, I just want to, I want to see if this team can somehow mesh. There's just so many different personalities and different styles of basketball that these guys came from on this team. If, if the coaching staff can get this team to mesh, they might be interesting. Maybe a 40, 42-43 win team, uh, you know, battle yeah. it out for a late seed in the Eastern Conference. But otherwise, I, I think it still could be a train wreck in Philadelphia. Hey, listen, I live close enough to uh, my own train wreck here in Orlando, so uh, thanks. Right. Please don't remind me. <laughs> anyway, folks, uh Listen, uh, just throwing a little bit of basketball at you uh, because of uh, what happened late in the day today uh, or midday today. Wanted to bring a little something to you uh, about basketball because we are going ahead. We do have an announcement regarding next week's show and moving forward. As I mentioned in the opening, it is the fall. We are adding sports. We've got hockey around the corner. And we've got basketball shortly there after that. So some great times. And because of that, the Fantasy Justice Show will be going ahead from one and a half hours to two hours for the rest of the winter. And uh, we'll take you up to baseball uh, with that schedule. So some good times. What I want to do, though, JT, before we start talking people next week and start giving you different fantasy players to look at, how about how about you give us a little something, uh, a little early, a little ahead of time. Give me give me a little breakout player, maybe. Give me something. Hmm. You know, I just may have the guy for you. Kid's 24 years old, coming into his fifth season. A lot of people may say, oh, he had a bit of a breakout last year. Dennis Schroeder, point guard for the Atlanta Hawks, uh, 17.9 points, six and uh, six and a half assists a game last year. But with Atlanta, I mean, Millsap's gone. Hardaway Jr.'s gone. Cephalosha's gone. Uh, I think this kid's really going to get an opportunity to shoulder the scoring load. He's basically going to be the do-everything player on that team. Um, And I really look for a jump in his stat line across the board. It's not a sexy name. A lot of people don't really know about this kid, or at least not the hardcore fans or maybe your Hawk fans out there. 
But uh, I look for this kid, Dennis Schroeder, to really elevate his game across the board this season and somebody I'm definitely looking at in fantasy leagues. Nice. A little something a little early for you folks. Just throw that in your back pocket. Hold on to that one for you. As over the coming weeks, JT and I will start breaking it down, looking from position by position, some of the talent that you should be looking at, again, in the now two-hour, the expanded edition through the uh, fall and the winter of the Fantasy Justice Show. And a little bit later in the show, we're going to touch, uh, we're going to do the same thing. Maybe we'll give a little hockey tease later on. But one of the things I have to mention before we get into any kind of football, I thought was kind of funny. As some of you uh, know, uh, JT and my dealing in the wrestling world and the covering of it. JT, it was funny the other night, I'm watching the uh, Devils and the Montreal Canadiens. Great game. Okay. Devils won four to one. Uh, my, I gotta tell you, my kid, uh, uh, he sure. He uh-huh. is. He is. Eighteen years old, going to make the team. Eighteen years old, going to make the team, and the kid is smooth as can be. He's a playmaker. He is a playmaker. And what I like about him is the motor keeps going. He reminds me. If, for those of you who remember Zach Parisi in his younger days, okay, um, his motor just kept going, uh, shift after shift. I see that out of that kid. I hope that continues uh, as the season progresses. 18 years old, and I'm I'm liking that pick. I, I really wasn't too crazy about it when uh, when we first got him, but I'm starting to like him. But I haven't gotten to the funny part yet. Montreal Canadiens. If you get a penalty against the Canadiens, they play Kurt Angle's You Suck. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> For those of you who have no idea, I like that. go YouTube uh, Kurt Angle's and you suck in his entrance. And uh, that's what the Montreal, the hallowed arena that is, the, where the Montreal Canadiens play their hockey, oh. play Kurt Angle's You Suck, and the whole crowd chants it. That's awesome. And, and I have to say, <laughs> you know, I kind of say, but as a wrestling fan, and then you folks out there that are, you got to think of some of the great wrestlers that have, that are Canadian-born. You know, Chris Jericho, Owen, uh, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Shawn Michaels, to, just to name a few. Uh, you know, they have a good wrestling lineage there. But yeah, to hear that in, in, in Canadian's arena would be absolutely hilarious to do. But I have to say, Jester, I remember us covering the NHL draft earlier. One of the two of us was a fan of the Devils taking Nico. If yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. I like the kid, man. Kid's silky smooth, got a nice shot to him. Seems like he's got uh seems like his head or his uh experience obviously he's a rookie, but it seems like he's been playing for a few years. Kids ahead of his time. You know, I'll tell you what it is is there when he's on the ice, something always happens. Something I mean, he's just he's a, he's gonna be some kind of playmaker. Okay, but again, Mm -hmm. 
you know, I see this a lot of times with the Devils. Uh, too many playmakers, not enough guys that can bury the puck. So I, I want to see Hall do a little bit better this year. Have a, maybe a, hopefully he'll be a little bit more comfortable now that he uh, that they have a second line uh, that people can uh, worry about a little bit more than uh, just concentrating on his line. Could be some interesting times. Again, we'll talk some hockey later on, folks, and. Next week, uh, definitely a lot more hockey. And uh, for those of you who are holding off your draft until uh, after next weekend, stay tuned then. Next Saturday, going to go ahead and give you a bunch of my personal sleepers so that if there's leagues out there still before the season starts, you'll have them for your little right in your back pocket there, something for you to have. <sighs> you ready? Little football? Oh, I'm always ready. Oh, yeah. Always ready for some football. And you better be, you know, before we get into it um, and, and talking about it, you better be ready early this week for it. Um, mm-hmm. 49ers Rams turns into one of the better games on Thursday night. Uh, yeah. It, it, it really you know, it was something to uh, watch. It, it was, but it's baffling to me. I did not expect that at all. I'll, I'll own it. I'll flat out own it. I saw a nine to six field goal fest, uh, like the Forty ers games generally are. But the part of it that's still a head scratcher for me: thirty nine mm. points for the Forty ers Yet Hoyer has still yet to throw a touchdown pass. Uh, you know, he ran and, for and sometimes, yeah, he ran for one again. A game manager, if you can go ahead, put a running game. Had defense played a little bit better, they still would have gotten by. Rams didn't play much defense. Uh-huh. I just I, – I, 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 I thought the first part of that game was very sloppy. Right. More than anything. And it made it a good game is that the two, two teams that are eh battled it out. That's what made it a good game. It wasn't that we were watching great football necessarily uh, on a bunch of that. Watkins actually played well. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, Watkins showed up. Robert Woods made uh, had a nice game. I believe he was over 100 as well. Uh, All Buffalo receivers know, just, uh, had a great game that night. Too bad they weren't still yeah, in Buffalo. Too bad they're not in Buffalo. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're somewhere other than Buffalo, which I think is why they had a great game. But uh, Los Angeles <laughs> – Rams management, if you're listening, and I'm sure some of you out there are, please, can we keep the yellow Ram logo with the blue helmet? Why are we wearing a white, the old white the Ram white. helmet? I just, ah, get rid of it. Bring back the L.A. Rams, the, the yellow Ram logo on the blue helmet. It just looks yeah. right. I love, the, I love the color rush uniform. Some people hate them. I love them. They're fantastic. Give me, give me, uh, and maybe because I, I just a fan of the uh, Rams during that time uh, was when Dickerson was there. Give me those Unis. Yes. That Merlin. I know unis. you're a big Merlin Olsen fan, so, you know, that little house on the prairie, so. Ah, yes. On the prairie. You bastard. Anyway, um, folks, going ahead. Remember now, if you're not an early riser, Set your lineup tonight because the Baltimore Ravens are going to play the Jaguars, the Jaguars, 
over in the good old across the pond in England, and uh, an early game, you might say, 9.30. And uh, despite the major adjustment it'll be for these finely tuned athletes, young guys, they'll survive and put on a game. Now, uh, let's go ahead. Let's start giving the breakdown. Let's get serious about this. Seriously, guys, what you have first, let's take a look at the running backs. Fournette, 10th best. Uh, run defense he's going to face, okay, uh, yardage. Still still for net, though. Buck Allen, you know, about what he's worth, it, it, but not in long doses. You know, it, he, he's going to be decent this game, but not in long doses. Don't expect him to last, you know, the whole season. Uh, JT mentioned Alex Collins as somebody uh, mm-hmm. worth keeping an eye on. Uh, but in this case, you go ahead and you're using a Buck Allen if you if you have an opportunity because remember one thing as good as the Jags are against the pass they are the fourth worst run defense in yardage so you're rolling Buck Allen this week wide receivers okay uh, you know what not really crazy about any Baltimore this receiving this week uh, because they are playing one of the better pass defenses out there Hearns his targets are up make him a wide receiver three. Uh, Lee, his targets are up uh, only in the deeper leagues, maybe a flex. Uh, Flacco, you know, he's an average play at best. You know, I mentioned the defense, but it's still better than Bortles, who here is my prediction. He will not come off the bench for the second half. In the second half, we will see Ryan Nassib, fourth-round pick out of Syracuse, who the Jags picked up. He is 27 years old, and he does one thing that Chad Henney does not do. He throws over 60%. Chad Henney does not throw over 60%, 32-year-old. You got a 27-year-old who, yes, missed last out of the league all of last year, but he has a much better touchdown-to-interception ratio than Henney or Bortles, and he also has 62.4% uh, as um, his passer percentage since his junior year, is ne- that's never been under that number, 62.4. So there you go. Keep an eye out for a guy that Tom Coughlin has had before. JT. Nice. Yeah, it's just somebody keep an eye on because, listen, they've got to get they, – they brought him in. They brought him in. They didn't bring him in to sit there and warm the bench. They already know Henny is Henny. They, at 32 years old, you got enough film on this guy. You know what he is. They didn't bring this kid in, a guy that, again, Coughlin knows very well. Just going to be interesting. I think crappy first half, Bortles is on the bench. Uh, Henny, who has this mysterious illness, might not play this week. Perfect oh. chance to go do it with Nassib over in London. With so you're calling for Chad Henny to be inactive. There's a from what I'm hearing, there's that mysterious illness around Chad okay. Henny this week. Interesting. Let's see. I mean. I look at these teams, and yeah, Fournette's a play. Alan Hearns, 
Uh, 11 targets this season, nine catches, 124 and a touchdown. I see him as a low-end wide receiver, too, at this point, with potential uh, to maybe you know, creep up to it, be a mid to a high wide receiver, too. I think they're going to have to throw the ball in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. Baltimore just seems to find a way to manufacture points, whether it's with their defense, special teams, their running game. Uh, they ran the ball 32 times past 34 last week. Uh, Buck Allen, you know, you mentioned Buck Allen. I think he is a, a guy you play. I like Alex Collins. I think Collins gets double-digit carries this week. I know Terrence West is banged up. So uh, as far as the fantasy game goes, it's an early game. It's in London. Don't forget the pitch out there is a little little longer, a little slower track uh, for some of these guys. So the plotters like Fournette, Collins, you know, these are the kind of guys that I think are going to have the big days. These are the only guys I'm considering starting in that game. Nice, nice. Denver-Buffalo, how are you looking at this one, JT? I look at Denver, you know, none of us, including uh, the two of us, would have seen uh, this coming from Trevor Simeon, I don't believe, after a few weeks. 42 points from that Denver offense last week against what looks like a pretty porous Cowboy defense. Uh, yeah, interesting game. Buffalo's had some tough defenses out of, out of the gate. You know, they go against Carolina last week. They got Denver this week, probably the AFC's best defense. Uh, Vaughn Miller, I think, is going to have an absolute impact on this game. Uh, I think I think you're going to see Mr. Uh, Tyrod Taylor running for his life. It just seems like one of those games where it just seems like one of those games where this guy's going to have a you know how you last week two two sacks against Dak Prescott. This week he's just going to have a big game. I'm seeing that offensively. C.J. Anderson seems to be a little bit better than uh, better than advertised as well. I like what I've seen from him. Emmanuel Sanders has been strong. My question to you, Jester, is where's Demarius Thomas at? What have you seen from this guy? Do you think that uh, injuries age, or, or or what's the situation you see with him? You know, as a guy who's owned Demarius uh, several times throughout the years, you've seen the fall off little by little, and part of it is his, part of it's quarterback, part of it is now scheme. Uh, where Sanders is getting the ball. Um, But Demarius, uh, his hands aren't what, to me, they aren't what they used to be. I don't know the exact numbers, but I just, I I have stayed away from him now in uh, fantasy leagues uh, since the year before last is where I started seeing a fall off. Um, And it was, it was when I had him listed as a wide receiver one, and he was he was putting up wide receiver two numbers then, and that was two years ago. And last year put up the same thing, and now this. So it's really, it, you know, it, it's kind of like the Fitzy deal. People don't want to believe that these guys get older. You know, everybody don't, doesn't want to believe as much as that we love Fitzy. Everybody loves Fitzy. What a nice guy. What a great smile. Da, 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 all this stuff. Everybody loves Fitzy. Nobody wants to believe that he's starting to get older. It happens. And, and, and the guys like Sanders and all that, these are guys that are just coming up and, and you know, young speed right now. Thomas is a step slow and not as good with the hands. I, I'd like to go ahead and get those numbers uh, when we get a chance, guys. Let me uh, let me see what those numbers look like. Um, moving along, though, into the Pittsburgh-Chicago game. You know, for those of you, I'll start out with running back. You know, who's ready 
for Le'Veon Bell's season to start. You know, Bell owners are hurting almost as bad as DJ and Zeke owners. Enjoy this week. This is why you draft him so high. Enjoy it. A very bad Chicago defense this week. Now, Tariq Cohen is a PPR darling that might be starting if uh, Jordan Howard, shoulder, he's got a shoulder problem, uh, doesn't start. But everything I heard today, it's looking like he might play and will log in after, after logging in these two limited practices and a full practice on Friday. That full practice on Friday says he'll definitely have a decent role, but probably not for long in a game that looks like Pittsburgh's going to just go ahead and be putting points on the board. So they'll be passing. And there we are back to Cohen and your PPR darling of the week there. Uh, wide receiver Antonio Brown is playing against a very bad pass defense. This is why you drafted him too. Um, Usually, Ben does not do well on the road. I would take this as the exception because Chicago is really that bad. As far as the Chicago wide receivers go, you know, Kendall Wright is going to move back to the slot this week as Marcus Wheaton makes his season debut. Something to watch there to see what happens. Um, But Wright will garner the PPR worthiness this week yeah, for the flex position at the very least uh, they're just waiting on Trubisky another jester prediction I'm saying the October 9th game at the very latest it's a home game versus Minnesota will be when we see Trubisky at that point they'll be 0-4 coming off of a Thursday game so that'll give them the little extra prep there. I figure by that game, a home game against Minnesota, we will see Trubisky actually get the start. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Give me the breaking news sound for myself here because I'm going to disagree with the Jester. It isn't always kumbaya and sunshine, rainbows, and candy here on the Fantasy Jester show. No way. There's no way that the Bears <laughs> – do that. If you're, you're 0-4, your season's flushed, you don't stick the kid out there and let him get the David Carr treatment where he's going to get the hell knocked out of him and ruin a guy that you took that high in the draft. I think this is something you let Mike Glennon take the beating this year. There's no weapons out there for this kid to throw the ball to. Why stick him out there and get him crushed? I don't see any sense in that. Uh, Can I tell you why? You, you leave his ass on the pine where it belongs. You sign Mike Glennon to big money in the offseason. You let Mike Glennon take the beating this year, hand the baton off to Trubisky going into the offseason. No. Chicago fan will never allow it. Chicago fan doesn't care. Chicago fan's going to just want Glennon the hell out of there. That's all they're going to know. Listen. But they wanted Grossman out of there, and how long did he stick around? They wanted Orton out of there, and how long did he stick around? They wanted Cutler out of there, and how long did he stick around? I know. I know. I didn't say it would be the right move. Ah, I don't know. I, I would. I didn't say it'd be the right move. I'm just saying at 0 and 4, the crowd will want to see their top pick. Right, but no, John Fox isn't going to bend to the the will of the mob. It's not whether it be the Chicago mob at or the 4? mob. 
at 0 and 4. Yeah. John no, Fox will do the Irish jig at the 50-yard line to save his job. Hanky. I'm going to use that Chicago term. That's just hanky, Justin. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Give us uh, New Orleans, Carolina. Uh, New Orleans, Carolina players, we, we touched on a little bit on Thursday night on the gridiron, guys. I'm looking at Carolina, loss of Greg Olson, six to eight weeks. Uh, I think Curtis Samuel is a, is a guy to go out, uh, roster on your team now. I think this guy could have an increased role. We talked about Christian McCaffrey. I'm sure he's going to see more targets out of the backfield. Uh, Dixon, Dixon's a nice tight end, but Dixon's not a guy that I can think of so many other tight ends around the league that I would play, including Charles Clay, over this guy on a week-to-week basis. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin looks thin. You know, smelled all quick even for a guy his size. So I think the offseason did Benjamin some good. It's a nice play. Devin Funches, I'm not still. I don't care. He had one big catch last week and a few small ones. I'm still not starting him. Uh, flipping over to New Orleans, the running back situation is an absolute mess. Ingram, uh, Kamara, AP, Adrian Peterson. Don't play names, folks, in fantasy football. Who cares what the name is? Look at the production or the lack thereof in his case over the last few years. Don't play Adrian Peterson, especially not against the number one yards against defense in Carolina, just under 200 yards per game right now. Uh, guys, I am looking at, I look for a bounce back week for Michael Thomas. Uh, we should see Willie Sneed after this week. So if you have Willie Sneed available in your league, this is a great time and week to pick this kid up, stash him on your roster because he is an impact player going forward. Uh, my one play for the backfield I think that you're going to have to see New Orleans throw the football to do much in this game. Alvin Kamara could have a nice week. You know, I, I had a uh, I had a debate, if you will, with somebody regarding Sneed, mm-hmm. and that they felt that you could pick up a Sneed at any time off the waiver wire. And I I pointed out, I find it hard to believe that a guy who has drawn 100 targets each of the last two years from a quarterback like Drew Brees that catches almost 70%, he catches 68% of his passes, is just sitting on the waiver wire at any given time. Uh, I am I am I losing I'm my board that. there? Oh, okay. Because no, I, I know you're a playmaker. You damn right I will. But Willie Sneed is a playmaker. Willie Sneed's a guy that did a bonehead DUI in the off season. He's paying his penance for it now. The guy is going to be in fantastic shape, just like he was in the preseason. Drew Brees knows him, trusts him. Nobody's perfect. They'll welcome him back with arms wide open, and look for him to open Michael Thomas up some and vice versa. So I like Willie Sneed at this point. I know he's available in a lot of leagues. Put him on your roster. Sit him for a week, obviously. Start looking at him in week four. Nice. Yeah, I actually have him in a couple. <laughs> um, all righty. Let me, uh, you know, and, and you mentioned that he's been missing from the sport for a DUI. And, again, I'm sorry, I am just not a proponent of the idea of how it is, how are you suspending your players for stuff that happens outside of the sport? 
You are punishing the sport. You are punishing the fans. Hit them in the wallet. Set up a, a, a scale of this is what it is for this. And then you escalate it for repeat offenses so that it really hits them hard. Donate the money to whatever they're doing, whether it's domestic violence, drunk driving, whatever. Donate it to the group that's helping those causes out of those people's uh, check. But you are hurting the game of football by constantly taking the stars out of it for stuff that doesn't pertain to the sport. I just will never understand how that's good for the NFL. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just pounding the table. I I am so frustrated with that because I don't understand what is the rationale behind that. How is that good for the sport or the NFL? You know, I I had this same conversation with a good friend of yours and mine, Mr. Larry Hunter. Uh, Mm -hmm. We had had a conversation about this a few weeks back, and uh, it's like I said to him, you know, they're punishing them for something they did outside the sport. Well, this, this sport isn't a right. The play in the NFL isn't a right, like freedom of speech or something of that nature. It's a privilege. And if they can't obey the code of conduct to maintain the privilege to play in that sport, suspend them because it adds pressure. You know, if they get fined, okay, let's, let's go with your will. Let's say Willie Sneak gets fined. Right. There's no peer pressure from his teammates for him not to do it again. It's not hurting them any. But I think after a certain amount of time, if he's married, I, you, say, hey, if he's married, hey, I bet you he's getting a bunch of pressure if it hits the wallet. It it does, <laughs> but you're not teammates aren't looking at you saying, "Hey, where are you at? You're not here to help me." You know, you're, you're letting your teammates down. They get suspended. When they get suspended, they lose a whole game check. So those game checks are going to be more than any fine is going to be. So I like what they're doing. You know what? You can't you can't tell the line. It's a privilege. Sit your ass on the bench where you belong. Hmm. Hmm. I think uh, you spread the fine out over the year, and oh yeah, I, I just do it a little bit different. But okay, everybody has their side of that story. Anyway, moving along, moving right along. Tampa Bay Bucks visit the Minnesota Vikings, who are uh, Bradfordless Vikings again. Again, and Again. that that that's going to be uh, that's going to be something. Impact. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But uh, right all the way through the whole team, and uh, you know, let's start out with the running backs, and let's start out with Dalvin Cook because uh, through all this, he's going to have to find a way, uh, and he's done pretty well so far. You know, you start him in any league under any format. You know, just this week here. I think a little bit more, you're going to look for a couple more screens, a little bit more misdirection play uh, with him as they line him up outside. A couple of different wrinkles, uh, but they will be getting him the ball in a different manner uh, other than just loading him up in the box. Uh, The senior year, he ran at 6.1 a carry. Right now, through 34 carries, 5.6, doing well. Jaquiz, He's going to be uh, likely a little bit more effective in PPR as they'll likely struggle to run against a top 10 run defense in Minnesota. So uh, more PPR uh, worthy than uh, in a standard league wide receivers. Minnesota just can't be trusted at least for one more week under Keenum, Uh, you know, but then you can roll as planned 
pretty close as he gets, a, you know, he's serviceable. He's serviceable. And let's be honest, your, your thoughts on the, Maya, on the Minnesota receivers were tempered a little bit because nobody really was expecting Bradford to all of a sudden play like the first round pick he was. So, um, you know, I think Keenum having a little bit more time in that offense, uh, probably next week your wide receivers are probably a a better play um, because you don't know what's going to happen with Bradford. Tampa, now Tampa, Tampa, on the other hand, I've got to play for everybody this week. I'm going to say – Go ahead, roll out Deshaun Jackson this week. Look for him to have a big game after only falling in 3-7 of seven last week, 39 yards. Here's what I'm calling for. Watch Deshaun Jackson. Uh, five to seven catches, no less than 90 yards and a touchdown this week against that Minnesota defense. You were going to say, JT? Before I move on, well, uh, two players I'd like to throw out there if you're looking for maybe you had some injuries or just had a bad draft. You're looking for some flyers. I think Peyton mm. Barber's a guy to keep an eye on for a hammer because you need a hammer when you're playing against Minnesota. You need that guy, and I think you might see a couple goal line carries from this kid. Uh, you you know, think, think so? Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, so a, he's, a, he's a thick kid that has a nose. Maybe as a flex again, if you're hurting, you got some injuries or your running back situation is bad, at least he's somebody to take a look at. Uh, if I can go to the flip side, look at Minnesota. I think this is the week where you look at a guy like Jarek McKinnon, a guy that's a very accomplished quarterback in college, uh, just a receiver out of the backfield. The guy's kind of a screen type of guy. You don't want to get Dalvin Cook too much of a beating against this defense, especially if the game gets out of hand. Uh, I'm not saying Cook isn't a good play. I just think Jarek McKinnon's a guy that you can also look at as a – flex play this week if you're hurting at the running back position. Which a lot of teams, hey, listen, a lot of teams are right now. I see a lot of people hitting that waiver wire hard and just taking a beating and not knowing what to do. What it, what people panicking with Zeke, people panicking, no DJ, people panicking, Le'Veon Bell not being mm-hmm. Bell. It's really been an interesting year at that running back position. So many different teams now. Who's got a committee going on? And it is, uh, it, it is the running back position this year seems to be a little bit of a fantasy minefield, if you will. It really is. Yes. Um, what do we have next on tap? Cleveland. Cleveland. Indy. Indy. Wow. Cleveland, Indy. Uh, where to start here? Let's start on the uh, Cleveland Brown side of the ball. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser with migraines last week missed a few quarter, a couple quarters, came back, had a rough game, three interceptions, no touchdowns, uh, 26 yards carry, I believe 188 through the air. So I'm not playing either quarterback Brissett in this game as well. Uh, where's T.Y. Hilton been? You know, on the Indy side, people are wondering, man, T.Y. Hilton. A lot of people kept him in dynasty keeper league. A lot of people drafted this kid high. Mm-hmm. he's going to figure it out sooner or later. Briss is a smart quarterback. I think once he has a little more time and gets to understand T.Y. Hilton and the routes he likes to run, I don't think you play him this week yet, though. I think this point it's a watch and see. Two bad weeks in a row from T.Y. I just don't think you can continually take the points that, or the lack of points he's getting you. So I'm sitting Indianapolis across the board. 
the one guy I think in seasonal formats is a make-or-break week for is Marlon Mack. I think if you see another game like we saw the first two weeks, I think Marlon Mack becomes a droppable asset at that point. I think He's you out. drop him, you move on. So, yeah. exactly. Looking at the Cleveland side, Crowell needs to have a big week this week, and I think he will. But the guy that I like the most in this game is Duke Johnson. I think Duke Johnson comes up with one of his big games, the all-time leading rusher at the University of Miami, and that's over some big names, people. I think he shows why this week. So Duke Johnson's my play of the game uh, for these two teams. I like that. That's a, that is a good pick this week um, on that side of the ball. Indy, you think uh, if anybody's serviceable, uh, would you go with Doyle? Uh, Doyle's serviceable. I mean, 8 for 79 last week. Somebody you pointed out, and he had a good game. Brissett seems to like the tight end. He seems comfortable with it. Christian Kirksey, though, seems to be have a, a, you know, an affinity for covering that tight end position, uh, the Cleveland linebacker. So that's actually going to be a fun mm-hmm. matchup, X's and O's. Nice wide, matchup. To see, uh, to see how they get him open. Yeah, that is that is a real good matchup there. Oh, I'll tell you. Um, what do we have? I've got New Oh, Houston, New England. You know, <laughs> do you want to be the kid quarterback going into New England? I have some uh, really good stats for everybody on that in a minute. It is uh, Houston, New England, and the New England defense is – it's the top ten worst. So in um, in rushing. So it's going to be interesting to see what Houston does because Miller is in jeopardy of losing uh, touches to Foreman. Now Foreman, from what I've heard now, Bill O'Brien has announced Foreman is now officially past Alfred Blue in the passing situations. So he's just one step now behind Miller and looking to gain, keep that momentum going. You're going to keep seeing him week after week after week gaining touches because he is the most talented back in that backfield. Um, you know, remember, he, he 6.4 a carry, 6.4 a carry in college uh, is what he averaged. Absolutely ridiculous. So, again, Stand by, go grab him because what do you figure? I'd say maybe by week six he's got full control of it because he's just out gaining uh, Miller each week. New England, Lamar Miller. Yeah. I'm sorry? I was going to say Lamar Miller's better suited to be a complimentary back anyway, so I agree with you on that. Gillisley, uh, it seems to be the, is right now the go to guy on the goal line. But that, uh, you know, let's be honest. This is Belichick, and you can trust that about as far as you can throw a bus. I mean, I'd love to say go ahead and roll him week after week. It seems like he has taken on the role of LeGarrette Blount. But you all know one misstep under Bill, right. and it's, you're gone. Jester. Yeah. Yes, sir. Let's hope it's not the role of LeGarrette Blunt in Philadelphia last week where he got one target and no carries, huh? You know, but Bill is like that. One minute you can be a hero getting four touchdowns, and next minute nobody ever hears him right. again. You know, Bill Belichick uh, hates fantasy football players, man. I, I'm, I'm convinced of that. I think he just likes messing with the world in general, but. Um, 
The uh, James White has been the PPR guy, but you can trust that again as far as you can throw that same damn bus. Um, wide receiver. Until the wide receiver squad is healthy and a tight end is present and a weapon, look for DeAndre Hopkins to struggle in double coverage. He's had 29 targets, so that's a great sign so far. You know, you want to see that he's getting the target, something he wasn't getting as much of uh, last year. So once we get a healthy uh, wide receiver squad around him, hopefully pull some of that coverage off him. That'll help. Uh, New England, Amendola returns. Maybe. That's what the latest is. He's returning. Gronk says he's playing. That's a maybe. Again, I don't – if you get in a general theme, I don't trust anything about what comes out of New England now. Now that we're in full season, uh, I take everything with New England and what comes out of there with a grain of salt um, as the masters of disinformation. Um, any wide receiver maybe is a maybe. Uh, listen, let's be honest. JT, is it out of the realm of possibility that Dion Lewis – lines up at the wide receiver position, whether, whether it's a slot, they line, constantly line him up on the outside, and he ends up being the player of the game this week. I wouldn't surprise me at all. It's, it's That's my Bill point Vincent about Belichick. Yeah, Troy Brown playing corner in a playoff game several years back. They're their number one wide receiver at the time. It's Belichick. He doesn't care where he plays Right. So now, and then obviously at the quarterback position, Brady, uh, JT, you called that beautifully. Uh, that Brady was going to be Brady last week, and uh, he was. And he'll continue that uh, against uh, this Houston defense. The Houston defense is fair to Midland right now. I don't see it as that big dominant defense yet, and certainly not against uh, Brady. On the other side, though, you got to feel bad for Deshaun Watson. Now, Bill Belichick took over the team in 2000. Since 2000, young quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks are 0 and 8 coming to uh, coming to New England. 0 and 8. They've thrown five touchdowns with 16 interceptions and have a 50.7 passer rating. So between Bill Belichick, the former D coordinator, and Matt Patricia, I uh, I wouldn't necessarily play Watson unless you had to this week. Mm-hmm. You I agree, agree there, sir? Completely. Yeah, Watson's legs are going to be his best asset in this game, and uh, oh, you're not yeah. starting your quarterback looking for rushing yardage at this point. So uh, unless you, like the Jester said, unless you've got a better option, which I'm sure there's still other options on the free agent wire, Deshaun Watson's not a guy should be in the game. Uh, just uh, sorry, that's you know, and, and it's tough because the New England defense isn't really uh, that fantastic so far. So it, it's kind of tough, but no, I think they'll be able to go ahead. Houston will be able to run in general, and uh, but don't look for uh, Watson to have a big game. And uh, I just figure New England's just going to win because they'll be able to do whatever they pretty much want. They'll mix it up nicely because they can. And uh, they'll have a, a, like I said, fair to Midland defense off off kilter all day. You know, 
here's going to be a game that I want to see uh, and I'm looking forward to. And it involves your team, JT. Miami's uh-huh. playing the Jets. And, you know, Rivalry game. Did, did my, what did Miami look like last week? Uh, to me, uh, they looked uh, pretty well like we expected on offense. Not too bad, okay? Uh, the defense is leaving something to be desired. Is this the kind of game, and it's tough because it's a division game, but isn't this the kind of game that you'd like to see Miami look dominant against because the Jets are that bad, even though it is a division oh. game? You would hope that, but the Jets have always played the Dolphins tough, regardless of who they've got on their roster. If you go back to the Ken mm. O'Brien and Freeman McNeil days, Al Poon, Wesley Walker back in the Shea Stadium, it just didn't matter. They have always played the Dolphins tough. I don't see them doing anything different this week. Uh, yeah, as far as fantasy players for the Jets to keep an eye on, uh, Bilal Powell's been very underwhelming through two games. I think it's lack of touches. I think they're trying, for some reason, to give Matt Forte some kind of uh, perceived respect that he's earned at this point. So Matt Forte is going to be the lead dog at this point. I look to receive the court. Jermaine Curse has actually done pretty well, ranked fifth overall in the 2017 wide receiver power rankings these two weeks. I didn't see that coming. Uh, Robbie Anderson and him are your starters. Uh, Darius Stewart up in the slot now, the rookie of Alabama. He might be a guy to keep an eye on. We've talked about a particular tight end that was suspended the first two weeks, and Austin Safarian Jenkins, big 6'7", 6'8", tight end from University of Washington. He's back this week. I don't see him being a focal point of the game this week, but I do think he's a guy, if you're hurting at the tight end position, that you may want to roster, give a week or two, see what this guy's going to produce, because I think going forward he may be a a really nice addition uh, if you're hurting at that position. Looking at Miami, I thought they looked efficient. I thought they gave Jay Cutler a chance to kind of feel out his players. What, nine catches for Jarvis Landry in the first half, a lot of underneath. Second half, he took shots down the field to Devontae Parker, who, by the way, fantasy owners, keep an eye. He's missed some practice time due to a sprained ankle. So game time decision is what I'm hearing on Devontae Parker. So if you're planning on playing him, you better have a a plan B just in case. Uh, Julius Thomas will be more, more involved in the offense this week. Jay Ajayi questionable as well. That scares me a little bit, but I think he ends up playing uh, and look for another 100-yard game from him. Um, who is waiting in the week when should the worst happen in Ajayi go down? Who, who do you feel well, is their it, go-to guy? I think you're going to see a split down the middle between Kenyon Drake and uh, Damian Williams. I think those are the two guys that will be a split. It will be a committee. Uh, Sonoris Perry might, uh, might be a guy you think about as well, but at this point he seems to be relegated to special teams kickoff return, so it'll be the Williams-Drake uh, show, nice. which means avoid okay. that backfield. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's just uh, I, I really am – I'm really pulling for Miami. I've been down there uh, with a good friend of the show, Ryan Walton. We've had a couple of uh, couple of people from the Dolphins, uh, former uh, Miami Dolphins defensive end Jeff Cross. We've had uh, Kristen Ware on. And uh, 
it's just a nice organization to deal with, nice people. And uh, I, I really – I like pulling for them. I'm not a, a Dolphins fan by any stretch of the imagination, but because of the people uh, from the Dolphins organization that I, I have met in each one of them, just a class act, a great people to talk to. Matter of fact, I spoke with Jeff, jeez, uh, a couple of days ago. We're going to have him on soon, folks, so pay attention to that. Uh, we're working out schedule. Things have been a little bit busy for some of us down here with the storms. One of the other uh, people that we're going to have on over the next uh, couple of weeks, he's very tied up. God bless. We sent our prayers out uh, to Troy Drayton and the family. Uh, talked with uh, Kristen Ware, who's good friends with him. And uh, Troy was going to come on the show, and uh, he's tied up with everything from the storm. So uh, we'll, we'll have them on in the future. So, again, great organization. I really hope for good things for them because, like I said, they've always treated uh, Fantasy Jester and the show uh, real well. So uh, got to tell you, uh, if, I, if it wasn't for the Giants, and I really do. I love all three Florida teams. Uh, the Jags treated me well. Uh, all three of them really did. Um, the Bucks did as well. And uh, that's why sometimes you see on the pictures, guys, uh, the pictures that I have are uh, either the Giants or the three Florida teams up there because it's been well received, actually, by all of them. Uh, but Miami's been huge. They've been fantastic. Moving along, you know, Atlanta-Detroit, interesting matchup. Interesting matchup in this, folks. Now, immediately, yes, you're going to start. You have to. You have to start Devonta Freeman. But you're starting him with a little concern. Let's be honest. You're playing against the second-best team against the run. Now, you go, well, you know, they shut down the Giants. How, how, How good is that? Yeah, I understand that. But understand one thing. In their first game, they played this guy called David Johnson, and he had 11 carries, and they held him to 2.1 a carry. Now, I, I, I've heard David Johnson has a little bit of talent. So this, you might want to watch the run defense uh, of Detroit as something of a little bit, let's see what they do now against the Devonta Freeman. Now if they shut down Devonta Freeman this week, now you've got a nice trend of run defense that you know you might not want to face. Look to see, hopefully you're not playing that badass run defense in your playoffs, and you'll want to trade your running back if you are. Just, you know, looking ahead, looking at trends. Detroit, Chester, they have, look at, like they're actually starting. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I have a question on that Detroit run defense. Go ahead. The Detroit run defense is going to be, it is official, out, uh, standout rookie middle linebacker Jared Davis out of University of Florida out with a concussion. I wonder what that does do to mm-hmm. the uh, run defense a little bit because that kid's everywhere. You, know, you called him on one of our shows in the preseason. That kid's everywhere. It will be. It, it obviously is, but I'm telling, and that's why I'm saying though. I think as a unit, that defensive line plays really well, both in the uh, run game and uh, on the uh, on the pass rush. I, I really like how that defensive line has come along 
So um, it'll be interesting. Uh, that's a, just something for everybody out there to take a look at. Detroit, actually, like I said, looks like they're getting to run the ball just a little bit more. Amir got 17 touches last week, 86 yards. You know, they might actually have a running back from Detroit that is fantasy relevant other than Theo getting his PPR catches. It really can Amir stay healthy and continue that. Wide receiver Julio. Uh, duh. I mean, of course, you're playing him. Uh, but Hooper, who was a, I, I don't, you know, he went from darling to zero. So look for that to go back to a little bit uh, more along the median. I look for him to have a nice game, no less than five catches, 80 yards, a touchdown, uh, as Matt Ryan takes advantage of a defense that the Giants, as bad as they looked, they were able to exploit that position uh, at tight end, use that tight end in Ingram. So I look for Hooper to be able to do the same thing. Both quarterbacks are must-start. Duh. It's going to be a shootout. Have fun, guys. Let's keep it rolling, JT. Moving right along, man. Um, you have Seattle, Tennessee. Yes. Seahawks uh, and the Titans. Marco Murray, uh, questionable, limited in practice with a hamstring injury Friday. Look for Derrick Henry to get the bulk of the touches if that trend continues against the 23rd ranked, yes, folks, 23rd ranked Seattle rush defense. These aren't the Seahawks of four and five years ago. They are susceptible to the run. So if you're a Derrick Henry owner, keep an eye on that because that could be a really nice play for you this week. Uh, Marcus Mariota should be looking at Richard Sherman across from him. I expect Sherman back this week. Uh, Seattle's pass defense been a little bit better than their run defense. Mariota, last week, hit the rookie tight end, Johnny Smith, for a nice long touchdown, 23 yards. Delaney Walker is Delaney Walker. The guy, is, I think you play this kid every week. He's matchup proof. He's a big factor in what Mariota likes to do down the field. The rookie, Corey Davis, out with a hamstring injury. Uh, Rashard Matthews kind of came back to earth last week, as did kind of the whole passing game. Uh, but I look for that to kind of rebound a little bit this week. But Derrick Henry's my play from that side of the ball. Uh, Jester favorite Chris Carson with 20 carries, 93 yards last week, uh, elevated to the number one running back on the on the depth chart as he should be, and I look for him to continue that this week and get 20 plus touches. And I look for him to find pay dirt. My call for him this week is just to tick over 100 yards and a touchdown, couple catches, 10 15 yards. So uh, Chris Carson's a guy that needs to be in more lineups than what I see him in. Russell Wilson nice. having a horrible start to the season, but Tyler Lockett's starting to come on. Look at what Lockett did last week compared to week one. I think you're going to see another jump from him this week as he surplants Paul Richardson in that starting lineup. Look for Doug Baldwin, though, this week to get back on track and eclipse the century mark. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Great, great breakdown there, folks. I mean, that is I really can't add anything to that game that you shouldn't be paying attention to and uh, looking for that trend to continue. Again, pay attention to the trends. I, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record for a little while over these next couple of weeks, but you have to pay attention to the trends, then go look at your playoff weeks, start building towards that. 
look ahead, look ahead, look ahead. <sighs> Giants, Philly. Orleans, Darkworth. Next. Two games. Two games into the season. How? You had all last year, coach. You had all of last year with both of these same running backs. You had all the preseason. Nothing's changed. It's still the same. Two games, and it's like, whoops. No, I made a mistake. I've got the wrong running back. Let's go get the other guy and see what happens. One that he's had a year and a half already to think on. Now, magically, two games into it. You know what? I should have been using him all along. Son of a bitch. Got to be kidding me. This is what's leading my team, folks. Philly is a running back mess. Uh, Blount is either on his way out in a doghouse uh, but the real concern is if he's not playing this week against a bad rush defense, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a concern about where he's moving. JT has mentioned Corey Clement uh, could be something to keep an eye on. But just remember, last year, guys, uh, second meeting, they rushed 30 times. Philly rushed 30 times in that second meeting, and that's how they beat the Giants. And you're playing a Giant team whose rush defense is worse than it was last year. Giants and wide receiver, look for Odell time this week. This is why you drafted him. Uh, I look for him to have a, a really big game. Last year's second game, he had 11 catches for 150 yards. Uh, look for Ertz to have a big uh, game. He did both games last year. Same thing, Giants uh, covering the tight end. Missing middle linebacker, Goodson again this week, going to be interesting. Wentz, Wentz is going to be interesting. I think they're going to scale him back a little. Don't look for that 364 that he had the first game. Don't look for the 152 he had last week either. Somewhere in the middle, probably somewhere around 250 as they temper what he has to do against the team again. Second time last year they rushed on this Giant defense, look for the same because they can. Uh, in that, they're going to be mixing up Sproles, and if it's not going to be Blount, look for Smallwood. Maybe we see that Corey Clement finally emerge that JT's talking about. Eli, Eli went ahead, did the Eli thing, made the right statements, took on what his coach did while uh, calling him out, okay, and it will likely work. I expect to not see Feli this week, and I expect to see Eli and the Giant win this week. JT, you're up. Give me the uh, give me KC and the LA Chargers, sir. Oh, Kansas City, after two weeks looking like the cream of the crop in the AFC, beating two teams that are considered high uh, high probables for playoffs in Philadelphia, New England. Uh, week three coming in, Alex Smith has been efficient when need to be, carried the team in week one when he needed to be. Cream Hunt, you want to say back to earth, but 13 for, I believe, 83 last week and a touchdown. Still caught the ball as well. Heavily involved in the offense. It was the Travis Kelsey show last week. I look for Travis Kelsey to have another big game this week. As uh, You really can't cover the guy. He's a wide receiver in a tight end's body. Safeties can't cover him. Linebackers can't cover him. 
I don't see anybody on that Chargers defense. They don't have middle linebacker Denzel Perryman back yet. I don't really see anyone else that has the ability to cover him. The thing to watch for me, though, is the status on defensive end slash outside linebacker Melvin Ingram. If they don't have Ingram getting a consistent pass rush on Alex Smith, it's going to be a long, long, long day for the Chargers. I look for Kareem Hunt to go over 100 yards. I look for Kelsey to go over 100. And I do expect Tyreek Hill to start a new streak of 60-yard touchdown games, as I think he'll get a long one this week. Those Chargers corners like to gamble. He'll put a double move on somebody. This will be fun. Also, I believe Gordon is a little banged up coming into this game. Uh, again, if you're hurting at running back, uh, Brandon Oliver might be a nice pickup. If Gordon gets dinged or the game gets out of hand, Oliver can catch the ball and run the ball. He's pretty good at actually running between the tackles. Kind of a smaller guy, kind of gets lost in there. Hard, it's hard to find. So uh, if you're looking for help there, Mr. Oliver might not be a bad pickup either. Yeah, um, he is right now. He he had two uh, limited practices. He had a limited practice uh, yesterday and uh, mm-hmm. on Thursday. So yeah, you're going to see uh, Oliver, or you might see uh, Eckler, Aaron Eckler. Okay. So could be somebody huh? also keep an eye on what goes on in that backfield because if Gordon goes down for any ex- uh, extended time. Uh, these are the two guys that you're really going to uh, see a lot of. <sighs> JT, they are one of the most hard luck teams in the NFL, <laughs> wouldn't you say? I mean, they should be two and zero. Oh. I mean, that, are they regretting cutting Josh Lambeau at this point? I mean, Young Hoku's missed what a, a game winner in week one, a game winner in week two, plus another field goal in that game during the Miami game. Um, you know, it's great that he's a trick shot kicker. Those don't always uh, translate to being a good NFL kicker. I mean, it's constant, you know, wide receivers are hurt and then right. defensive players are getting hurt. Kickers now are missing. You know, I mean, when – what was – has – all right, here's a good question, and I, I got to check this one out. Has Phillip Rivers ever had a wide receiver core that lasted all season? I don't think so. But you got to think since 2003, you would hope at least at once uh, back in his days with Floyd and Vincent Jackson, either Floyd was hurt, Jackson was hurt. So it's a safe bet. He probably hasn't. I'm willing to bet a dollar on that one. Now he has not uh, ever I, had the same wide receivers, at least two all season long. Well, I, I still say help we'll is coming. We'll look into that. We'll let if, people know next week. Help is coming. If Mike Williams is available what? in your league, now is the time you start looking at maybe picking him up and putting him on your bench so he gets ready to go. Yeah, well, nice little stash. People people talking about stashes this time of year. Here, here's one that you go ahead, you bury, you keep him there. Just keep an eye on Why not? <laughs> Pretty talented freaking kid, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, quite doubt. Anyway, all right, let's keep going. Cincinnati, Green Bay, running back. Ty Montgomery has the most touches in the NFL. And uh, he is a PPR darling, but will be getting less carries. That's not my prediction. That is the coach talking. 
he is obviously, as everyone knows, not a healthy young man, so they've got to cut back. They're going to start watching his carries and how many times he touches the ball. In walks either Jamal Williams or my personal favorite, Aaron Jones. See, I believe Aaron Jones will eventually uh, step up and be the running back uh, for that team uh, within the next couple of weeks. Again, Montgomery has to cut back on the touches, and I just see Aaron Jones as a lot more electric as uh, somebody's turning into a little bit of a potter in Jamal Williams. Uh with the uh, new uh, over uh, for Cincinnati at the running back, new OC, no ties to anyone. So they're just going to go ahead. They just want to improve that. When, when you're the new offensive coordinator, you're just going to go ahead. It doesn't matter. You're not, you don't care about people's feelings. You want results. They're going to go with the most talented back that they have, and Mixon is the most talented. I'd be surprised once it shakes out, maybe this first week, they give him the uh, fake audition for everybody and then eventually go with Mixon unless Mixon fumbles three times in the game. Uh, Green Bay is the 11th worst against the run, so that's perfect for a struggling uh, offense uh, to run. No John Ross this week uh, and uh, likely no Cobb, two wide receivers uh, down in this game, one for each side. A.J. Green, look for him to have a huge game as they're going to go with a lot of three-step drop uh, is what I'm hearing, a lot of short, uh, quick hits, and uh, look for A.J. Green to get the ball quick and let A.J. Green get the yards, not necessarily have to uh, throw it all the way downfield. A little bit better strategy, let your talent use get the ball uh, and work from there. Again, helping a struggling O-line as well. On the uh, Green Bay side, you know, uh, Nelson is supposed to play from what I'm hearing. Also look for Adams to have a nice game. Uh, JT Cole for uh, Geronimo Allison to have a nice game. Aaron Rodgers obviously is a must start. But I'm sorry? Cobb is officially out. I'm sorry? Yeah, I listed that already. Yep, so that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, I agree that's with you. What you know, Allison, I like. I'm just backing you up. Yeah, no, I had said at the top, uh, yeah, Ross and Cobb are out. Um, but Aaron Rodgers is still a must-start, even though uh, Cincinnati is the second bet, uh, uh, because even though Cincinnati is the second uh, worst against the rush, uh, you're still going to go ahead and use them. Uh, Dalton. Is on his last leg. Let's be honest. JT says McCarron's in the wings waiting. So pretty much this is it. If you screw up three-step drop and get the ball out on the proper read, you're gonna. That's that. That's pretty. Isn't that pretty much it at that point, JT? That's that's a kiss of death at that point. Yeah, yeah, it's got to go. You got to understand, folks, that you're making it as simple as simple can be. Here, one, two, three, get the ball out. There's a hot read. You better have that read right. Get the ball there on time, and and that's it. And that is about as simple of an offensive uh, passing play as you can get in the NFL. If this screws up, bye-bye, Dalton, and again, bring in McCarron. What type of role do you see John Ross playing this week? 
None. He's out. Officially out. Okay. He's out. Yeah, he's out and Cobb are the two that are officially out that I have on my list. Okay, so that's official. I hadn't seen the official note on that yet. It'll be a fun game to watch yeah. for Cincinnati struggling. Uh, no, check that. Go ahead and give everybody the breakdown. Go ahead and give everybody the Oakland-Washington breakdown, and I'll double-check on Ross while you're doing that. Oakland-Washington, this is a matchup that I wish I could see more often, just two franchises that, I don't know, it's always fun back in the day to watch the L.A. Raiders with Marcus Allen go against John Riggins and the Washington Redskins. But I look at this game, Rob Kelly, limited practice with a rib injury. He he is saying, not the coach, he is saying he's going to play through the pain uh, look for Samaje Perrine, 21 carries last week in relief to be waiting in the wings. It's another week, another week of Kirk Cousins hopefully getting a little more comfortable with his targets in Terrell Pryor and uh, Josh Doxson. He seems like he's already obviously comfortable with Crowder and Reed. I'd like to see him get a little bit more in sync with those outside players. Uh, flip side, looking at Oakland, you know, Marshawn Lynch has been pretty much what we expected it to be, kind of that plotter just right up the middle type of guy. Jalen Richards, their home run hitter, the guy that I expect to get eight to probably eight to 12 touches. Maybe you put him in as a flex play if you're hurting a running back, a guy that can take it the distance and will be somewhat involved in the game. Michael Crabtree coming off a three-touchdown game. I look for him to have a nice game, but I think this is Amari Cooper's week uh, to kind of come back and, and answer some of the questions about him. I know he hasn't had that huge game so far in the first couple weeks, I think he has a big game this week. Tight end position still. Cook with a little better game that last week. I just don't trust it. It's not consistent enough for me from the Oakland side. Uh, Carr, Carr to me, is at this point is, a, is one of those guys you start each week. He's matchup proof. If, he, if he's your quarterback, he's probably your number one. You go with him. Uh, Redskins ranked 28th in the league in total defense coming into week three. So look for a big day for the Raiders all the way around. You know, and it's funny. I see some of the play, some of the uh, fantasy players like panicking over some of the stars that haven't come out of the gate the way you like. And you mentioned Amari Cooper and all that. When the season's said and done, Amari Cooper is going to be, you know what, Amari Cooper. Relax. Right. Folks, relax. Same with Zeke. You know, same with Zeke. Same with what, the breakdown I'm about to give. And by the way, John Ross is out official. Okay, officially out. Going to go for an MRI. Yeah, going to go for an MRI. Uh, Tyler Boyd, who was in active week two, will be playing. Also look for Alex Erickson to get a couple of uh, passes. His yeah, good call. Is what I'm hearing now, uh, what, I'm reading, what I'm reading. So, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the latest. Now, running back, at running back, understand Arizona is eight in average yards against in the league, folks. That will take a hit this week. Understand, Zeke came out and said, his bad, my bad, my bad. I was frustrated and all that. Well, is anyone ready to doubt it's going to be his good that's coming? Because it is coming. Understand that once you call yourself out, I'm pretty sure his effort will be one of the best we've seen this week. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. And what better to help Dak get back on track? Um, you know, a lot of people have asked me, which is the real Dak? Are we starting to see maybe the breakdown? Is somebody seeing something? 
no, they, they played a very good team, and they played against a good team with a running back that was frustrated, a team that probably just took on that whole frustration and uh, was not prepared. Sometimes you're just not mentally prepared for what you're about to face. And uh, I think that smack in the face was something that the Dallas offense uh, needed, and I don't see that lingering. Arizona at the running back position, 32-year-old. Yes, happy birthday to CJ2K. He's 32 years old yesterday. Welcome back to the league. He comes back from the couch and carries 11 times, leads the team with 11 carries for 44 yards. Kerwin Williams, since ninth, here's, here's a good one, since September of 2014, he has been activated, waived, put on the practice squad, activated, waived, put on the practice squad 15 times since 2014. Not really a threat to take over anything there, folks. JT's been saying DJ Foster, when might we see him? Could be an interesting time. Arizona, 11th worst against the pass. Terrence Williams Day, possibly. Faces Justin Bethel, not really tested so far this year, doing pretty well. Arizona, uh, look for Jerron Brown if you don't see J.J. Nelson, okay? But remember, Dak isn't exactly facing the Denver defense this week. Folks, I am the fantasy jester. That was Jason Harvey breaking it down for you. And we are out of here. So Great iron guy. Thanks everyone. I'm the Jester. I'm out of here.